Welcome to Woody Online. Thank you for tuning in to one of our pre-recorded services. Our community is based in Cardiff and we meet every Sunday at 10.30 a.m. If you're ever in the area, we'd love to see you there. We hope you enjoy this week's message and that it inspires and blesses you. Hello and welcome to Woody Online. It's great to have you join us. My name's Stuart. I'm one of the leaders here at Woodville Baptist Church in Cardiff. And today we're looking at the second part in our Advent series. Advent is about arrival. And in this season, in the run-up to Christmas, we think about two arrivals, as Josh shared last week. Firstly, we reflect on and we remember the first arrival of Jesus as a baby, stepping down into this world. Emmanuel, God with us. It's a period, period to really focus on what and why we are celebrating when we get to Christmas. But secondly, it's also a time to think about and prepare for Christ's return or second coming, when he will come back to rule and the kingdom that he introduced during his ministry here on earth will be fully in place. During this four week period in the lead up to Christmas Day, our teaching series is following the traditional liturgical calendar. Last week, Josh looked at hope. This week, we're looking at peace. And in the next couple of weeks to come, we'll be looking at joy and love. And we've called this four part mini series, the Christmas card series. For those of us that can remember when sending Christmas cards was actually a big part of Christmas. And this week we're going to look briefly at two passages that you are very likely to find quoted on the front of a traditional Christmas card, and certainly as part of a carol service. The first is from the Old Testament in the book of Isaiah, written about 700 years before Jesus was born. The second is from the book of Luke in the New Testament, and it's part of the account Luke assembled from first-hand eyewitnesses of that first Christmas and Jesus's story. So let's read them together. The first from Isaiah 9, verses 6 to 7. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on for ever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. And then in Luke chapter 2, verses 13 to 14, it says, and this is the account of the angels appearing to uh, the shepherds, it says, Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favour 
rests. Two famous passages. The first is a prophecy foretelling something of who Jesus is with four or depending on uh, the punctuation that you have in your version of the Bible, maybe even five names of Jesus saying something of his character. And secondly, to describe something of what he will accomplish. And secondly, the incredible scene of the angels appearing to the shepherds. And both of these refer to peace. But what does this actually mean? In the Old Testament, which was written in Hebrew, the word for peace is shalom. In the New Testament, which is written in Greek, the word is Irene. That's where we get the name Irene from. And sometimes we might think of peace as kind of the absence of war or conflict. Right now, we might be praying for peace between Israel and Hamas or Ukraine and Russia. But this shalom is about much more than the absence of war. It's about something positive. It's about something complex being in a state of wholeness or completeness, of flourishing. Life is complex. And when something is out of alignment, your shalom or your peace breaks down. So to bring shalom is to make something whole, to restore, to make good. In Proverbs, it talks about how to reconcile and heal a broken relationship is to bring shalom. In terms of wars, it's not just about stopping fighting, but for nations to work together for mutual benefit. But when we look around, we don't always see that much peace. I thought I would ask Google, when was the last time that there were no wars? The answer, and this is based on research undertaken by University College London or UCL, is that by most accounts, there are no periods in history that have been free from war. But Isaiah is pointing to this light that is coming, a prince of peace that will put an end to war and bring permanent shalom. He says of the increase of peace, there will be no end. So what's going on? Why are we not seeing this peace? Well, we need to understand something of the now and not yet of God's kingdom about when Jesus came first to walk on the earth and when he comes again in the future, that this kingdom was inaugurated or it started when he came the first time, but it will only be fully realized when he returns. And we're currently living in this strange period in between. So this morning, as we look at peace, I want to look at three types of peace. Peace with God, the peace of God, and then peace from God. So firstly, peace with God. Let's look at that Luke passage again. What is it that the angels actually say? In the King James Version of the Bible, it's translated as, and on earth peace 
goodwill toward men. And sometimes we often see or hear quoted a slightly different translation. It's something like peace on earth and goodwill to all men. But that isn't a particularly good translation of the original text. It doesn't say goodwill to all men. In the NIV and the New Living Translation, it's translated as peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. And some of the commentators describe it as peace to men of goodwill or peace to men who have a goodwill towards God. What's actually happening here is an announcement of the Messiah. And at Jesus's first coming, it was about making a way for peace between humans and God. In Romans 5 verse 1, it says, Therefore, since we have been justified through, through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And in Colossians 1 verse 20, it says, he brings peace by his blood. This is a proclamation of the gospel message, the good news that God is making a way for all of those that respond to this precious gift. That where since the fall there's been enmity between God and man, there is now the prospect of a lasting peace. And that's now available not just for the Jewish nation, as it was before, but for all, the Gentiles are included. Paul writes in Ephesians, and this is a slightly longer passage from uh, Ephesians chapter 2, 14 to 18. For Christ himself has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people when, in his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. He did this by ending the system of law with its commandments and regulations. He made peace between Jews and Gentiles by creating in himself one new people from the two groups. Together as one body, Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his death on the cross. And our hostility toward each other was put to death. He brought this good news of peace to you Gentiles who were far away from him and peace to the Jews who were near. Now all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. That is the amazing news of Christmas. The arrival of peace, of Irene, of Shalom. That the Saviour is born that we might have Shalom with God. What was broken is restored. We can have wholeness, completeness and flourishing in our relationship with God. In fact, Jesus is our shalom. And we can also have that peace with one another and with others who have come to know who Jesus is. But sadly, as we see around us, not everyone accepts that offer. What we can do is make sure they know that offer is made for them and to them. So Christmas means that there is now an opportunity for peace with God. And that takes us through to the Easter story as well. But secondly, we want to look at the peace of God. As we come to know Jesus, we can then know and experience that faith in our lives, in our emotions, in our souls. 
In Philippians chapter four, verse six to seven, it says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. We can know that peace of God. In Colossians chapter 3, it says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. We're called to peace, and we should have that peace within us. If you know in Galatians, the fruits of the Spirit, one of those is peace, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. We should be cultivating that fruit in our lives and we should be asking God to help us and to do that within us. It should mark how we relate to one another. And where we are troubled, as it said in Philippians, we should be bringing everything to God in prayer. And then we need to let, that word, active word for us, let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts. Are we open to it? Or do we actually limit it? And we're then called to share that peace. In Matthew 5 verse 9, really famous line, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. Are we peacemakers? Are we seeking to bring an end to conflict and to bring about that wholeness and fruitfulness that is shalom? And then finally, peace from God. What about this world of endless peace that Isaiah talks about? This is where we move into this whole area of the now and the not yet, and particularly the not yet. Whilst we know Christ has won the war, there is still a battle raging, and we're not going to see the fulfilment of his kingdom until after he returns. The kingdom is where Jesus rules in full. We are invited in now to let him rule in our lives, but his rule across the whole world will not take place until he comes again. I heard one description of it being like the start of spring. We might get to the official date when spring starts, but it can still be pretty cold. It doesn't feel very spring-like. Spring has started but we do not have the fullness of everything that spring has to offer. So what does that mean for peace? Well, there have been plenty of attempts to bring about world peace. The United Nations was set up after World War II in 1945 in an attempt to maintain international peace and security and to achieve cooperation among nations. That sounds a bit like shalom, doesn't it? To actually ensure cooperation, not just the absence of war. And before that, there'd been a forerunner after World War I called the League of Nations, which had similar aims. However, as I mentioned earlier, UCL can't find a single period in history where there hasn't been a war or some form of oppressive regime. 
That tells us something about human attempts to bring about lasting and universal peace. No one has been able to pull it off. Outside the UN headquarters in New York is a sculpture. It's a really big sculpture gifted to the UN by the USSR, which has an inscription from Isaiah chapter 2, verse 4. And on that uh, inscription, it says, They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not light up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. That's another prophecy from Isaiah of this world that is to come, this kingdom when Christ returns. But we've not been able to achieve it. Only Jesus is able to put that in place. Across the book of Isaiah and the Old Testament prophets, as well as in the book of Revelation, we get a picture of this transformed future after Christ returns. A world without any war, in perfect peace. And we haven't got time this morning to explore that in full. But in our reading from Isaiah, he's looking past that first coming, past Christmas, to the second coming, when Christ comes again. And he says the government will be on his shoulders. Christ will rule, government there, the word is Misra, and it's the rule and the dominion of a monarch. Christ will be the head. And it talks about the government being on his shoulders. It was understood in Old Testament times that governance was considered a burden to be born, the weight of responsibility, and it was marked with a robe over the shoulders. So Christ will have the government on his shoulders. He will be ruling as a monarch. And why will he be able to bring lasting peace? Well, it's because it's all about him. And this is where we have those names of Jesus Names that say something about his character. He's wonderful counsellor. That counsellor is someone who gives wisdom. His wisdom transcends all human wisdom. He gives the right advice. He's mighty God. He has the power, the might to actually change things. Everlasting father. He will rule like a father would a caring and compassionate father. And he's the prince of peace, the prince of shalom. There will be no conflict, but he will bring flourishing and wholeness. Isaiah chapter two talks about in the last days. It introduces that idea of this messianic kingdom and the Jews didn't realise that he was going to come twice. They thought that's what Jesus was going to bring the first time he came. They expected something different to the Messiah that they found. But he will come back and he will, he will rule the whole world from Jerusalem. Jerusalem is the city of peace. It's named after two words, uh, Yaira, which means abiding place, and shalem, place of peace. 
And as we read in that quote that is on the statue in the United Nations, the weapons of war will become farm equipment. So of the increase of his government and peace, of his shalom, there will be no end. He will reign with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The Prince of Peace, ruling from the city of peace over a world of peace. So we can not only celebrate the gift of peace with God that comes from Jesus first walking on this earth. We can also look forward to and, to and hope in the promise of a future of perfect peace, completeness, wholeness, flourishing when Jesus returns. But what should we do about it now? Well, first of all, is the government of your life on his shoulders? Have you accepted the good news of peace with God and let the peace of God rule in your life? Have you fully entered into his kingdom as it is available to us now? If not, what is holding you back? As we approach Christmas this year, I would challenge you to ask Jesus for a fresh encounter with him. And then are you seeking to cultivate peace in your own life and in your relationships with others? Are you acting as a peacemaker, whether in small ways or big? Are you seeking peace in the world? Are you praying for peace, as I mentioned earlier, in the wars that we know are raging at the current time? Are you praying for Christ's return and when we will see peace reign? If you want to think a bit more about what that might look like practically, I will challenge you to read this book by a guy called Shane Claiborne. It's called The Irresistible Revolution. Or you could follow Shane Claiborne on social media. He's an American Christian who is probably the absolute opposite of some of the stereotypes that might come to mind when I say those words. Some of you may have heard of him before or even see him speak when he's been to Cardiff. He's an excellent example of seeking to bring that peace. He campaigns strongly against the death penalty and for gun control and an end to violence and brutality. And part of his ministry is putting Isaiah 2 into practice. And he's part of a community that take guns that have been handed in through amnesty and literally turning them into agricultural tools to show a better way. So as we approach Christmas, let's remember that peace that has been offered to us through Jesus coming to earth and dying for us on the cross. And let's seek to be peacemakers and point to the peace-filled future that is coming and invite those we encounter to join with us in that. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that he came to earth, Emmanuel, God with us, that he came to earth as a baby, but he grew up 
and he became a man and he taught us of your kingdom. And then he died on the cross for us that we might have peace with you, that we might know that peace now, that we might have your peace in our lives. I pray for each person listening or watching now that they might know your peace in their lives. And we just now say, Father, would you open our hearts that we would let you in? And this Christmas, would we find space to let your peace rule in our lives? As we go into 2024, would we let your peace rule in our lives? And not only that, would the overflow of that be that we become peacemakers? Peacemakers in our families, in our workplaces, in our schools and universities, in our communities, anywhere where there is conflict? And would we seek peace across this world where there is war, where there is violence, where there is distress? And not just an end to that violence, but would we fight and seek for wholeness, for completeness, for flourishing? Would we point to you? And also, would we seek your return? Would we pray for your return when there will be peace ruling this earth, peace that will increase, that will never end. We just ask for more of your peace on this earth now. This kingdom, this mystery of the now and the not yet, we eagerly want to see more and we want to see peace break out in Jesus' name. Amen. So thank you for joining Woody online. If you want to get in touch, if you'd like us to pray about anything with you, the details will be on the screen in a moment. But otherwise, if I don't see you before, have a great Christmas. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to Woody online. We hope this week's message has inspired and blessed you. If you're ever in Cardiff, we'd love to see you at one of our Sunday services at 10.30am. Don't forget to check the show notes below for our contact details. We'd love to hear from you. Be sure to tune in again next week for more inspiring content. We look forward to connecting with you soon.